Hello and welcome back to Via the podcast where together we are learning what it means to follow Jesus. How do we faithfully follow him in every part of our lives? It's here we believe that by living in faith, it makes for better relationships, better families, better nations, better culture. Because Jesus not only impacts our eternity, but he impacts our now as well. That's essential to us understanding who we are as followers of Christ. On today's episode, we're going to reflect on a an amazing question sent in from a 10-year-old. In my local community of believers, we're trying to be more open about asking questions or expressing doubt or struggle. The hope is that we can help people wrestle with the, the doubts and the questions or the struggles that we have, or, or even just, it doesn't have to be a doubt, it can just be a, a question that they've never been able to figure out in Scripture, and then wrestle with it together. Because ultimately, we want to have a firmer foundation in Christ. We don't want to go week in and week out, leave these questions to ourselves, and then begin to doubt later on. We want to address these things head on and, and have a firm foundation in Him. So when we began doing this, uh, this 10-year-old young lady, she was the first person to ask a question. And I love that. I love the fact that the kids are jumping in and being a part of the body of Christ. And I wanted to share it with you, uh, and so you can consider answering it yourself. Uh, the, in answering, the goal here is to to give you enough to do on your own, to do some reflection on your own. So this is not going to be an exhaustive theology lesson, but it, it's simply a jumping off point. You can begin to answer the question yourself and begin to talk about it with others as well. And what's beautiful about this is that once you begin to dive into these questions, every every single question you ask, when you really begin to look at it, you begin to open up the word, um, they really act as a loose thread. You begin to pull and you get more and more thread. And it's such a good habit to wrestle with these theological topics, to okay, how does this topic affect this other one? And you begin to, like I said, build a firmer foundation for your faith because you understand what you believe. You're not just believing because someone else told you to. You're not just believing because it seems like the right thing to do. You're, you're believing because there's some basis for your belief. There's there's logic and there's reason. And God is not, faith is not just a, a blind leap off a cliff. Faith is a, a reasonable action based on things that you know. We, we have faith in God because of who he is and what he's done in history. So as you wrestle with these theological topics, I believe it helps strengthen your faith. And this question itself, it actually prompted several hours of, of research and conversation. On uh, I got to call up several of my theological-minded uh, friends that like wrestling with these things. And uh, we, we talked about the nature of God. We talked about the incarnation, sin, temptation, and really a wide gamut of theological topics. So I appreciate this question because while on its face, people, I think people would be tempted to give a quick answer to this and then move on. But when we're really careful with our vocabulary, when we're really careful with with wanting to make sure we're giving a biblical answer and not just an answer that's convenient, um, I think that helps us process things a lot better. We want to get as close to the truth as we can. So here's the question, and thank you so much for sending this one in. The question is, did Jesus ever consider sinning? All right, I'll read that again. Did Jesus ever consider sinning? Now, take a moment, and I want you to think about how you would answer that. Did Jesus ever consider sinning? Now, you might have some theological thoughts in mind. You might have some scriptures, and it would be good to go ahead and write those down. And I would love to know if, if you take it a different way than what I do. But here is how I began to process it, okay? I believe that... Whenever you hear a question like this, it, it's important to really understand what the person is saying. So 
when, when you hear this question, did Jesus ever consider sinning? How you define that word consider makes a huge difference, right? That can be a pretty loaded word. So if you're if you're face to face with someone and they ask you a question like this, it'd be important to clarify, well, what exactly do you mean by that? Ask them a question so that they can help you better address what they're what they're actually asking. They can point you in the right direction. But we're just gonna go with what we got, all right? So I'm just gonna answer it without any kind of feedback in that regard. We're just gonna we're just gonna go with the question itself. Did Jesus ever consider sinning? And again, I'm gonna try to be brief. We're gonna hit in several places in scripture that hopefully will help give you a foothold to go and do research on your own so that you can be able to answer this question. So the first place we're going to start is in Hebrews, and I think this is a place that most people go. It's Hebrews 4, uh, verse 15. And what I want to do is I'm going to read you two different versions. One is the English Standard Version, and then the other one is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Because depending on what version of the Bible you have, remember the Bible is translated from Hebrew and Greek and then a little bit of Aramaic, um, the versions, we, we want to use them in partnership with each other. There, there's no one version that's perfect and the, and the other versions stink. We want to use them in partnership with each other to help, to help us understand what the actual Greek text said and, and what the actual thought was. So here's two different versions of, of, the, of this passage, and I want you to pay particular attention to the end. The first part is going to be the same for both, but the end is, is where they vary. So here's the ESV. This is first. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Now, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Again, this first part is the same. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Now listen for the difference. But one who has been tested in every way as we are, yet without sin. Did you, did you catch the difference? Okay, it, it's clear in Scripture. Uh, I believe you could have almost 100% unanimity uh, within within the body of Christ that, that Jesus was without sin. The, the Bible's clear on that. I believe, I would think, to be able to consider yourself a Christian in any denomination, you would agree that Jesus was without sin. But where the versions get different is they're translating a Greek word differently. Uh, in one, you see at the end of this that there was the word tempted, and then in the other, there's this word tested. They're both legitimate translations of the same word, but in English, there's actually a huge difference between these two ideas. You know, what does it mean to be tempted? What does it mean to be tested? So when they're talking about this this high priest and, and they're talking about Jesus, they're they're saying that he was not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. He, he took on flesh. He was um, tested in the same way that we are. But what does it mean? Is it tempted or is it tested? So what I want to do is I want to use Adam and Eve in the garden as an example to begin figuring out what this what this means and, and how it could play out and how it could help us answer that question, okay? So think back to the beginning of your Bibles. Adam and Eve are in the garden, and they face a test. Obey God and eat of everything else except the fruit of the one tree, or disobey God and take of the fruit. So a test is just simply two or more options in front of you, and you getting to decide which one will I choose. That That's a test. We typically think of temptation, though, as this inward pull to go the wrong way. Kind of like Adam and Eve thinking, I really want to try this fruit, <laughs> but God told me not to. And, and then you have this inward battle. Do you, do you see the difference in, in, those, in those two words in English? A test being just two different options, but temptation being, man, I really don't want to do what God wants me to do. But, but you know, if, so if we resist temptation, then we, we don't end up doing it, right? So it's important to figure out, well, what does the Bible actually mean? And obviously, Adam and Eve didn't pass this test. They considered sinning, 
And then they actually did. You know, they, they, they went down the wrong path. But what about Jesus? Well, there's a, there's a passage in Scripture where Jesus is faced with uh, a test. He undergoes a time of testing in the wilderness. You can read the story in Matthew 4. He doesn't eat for 40 days, 40 nights, and then Satan tries to come and tempt him three different times. Uh, if, if you want to kind of compare the story to the Old Testament, you would say that this is kind of like Jesus doing what Adam and Eve couldn't do. He, he faces the test and he, re- and he goes the right direction. Or what Israel wasn't able to do in the wilderness, they, they faced the test and they went in the wrong direction. But here Jesus is, is in the place of both doing what God wants him to do. It's, it's an interesting parallel from Old to New Testament. But there's this test. Jesus is given multiple options by the devil to do things that would be outside of God's will. And what's interesting is that Jesus immediately rebukes Satan with scripture each time. And he actually quotes Deuteronomy, which is a whole other topic altogether. Like who quotes Deuteronomy when faced with a test? Why have you ever been confronted with the situation? And you're like, well, in Deuteronomy, it says this. So I'm not going to, you know, we don't, we don't even like Deuteronomy doesn't enter our brains oftentimes, but Jesus uses Deuteronomy to uh, counter, counteract Satan's temptations, right? So he's faced with a test. But if you go, go, like, seriously, go back and read the story in Matthew 4. Does Jesus show any desire whatsoever to do what, the, what, what Satan's asking him to do? Well, what's really interesting is that there's, there's no debate whatsoever. We don't, we don't get a dialogue of Jesus saying, man, you know, that, that's a pretty good offer, Satan. Uh, get, can you give me like 20 minutes to think about it? You know, let me pray. No, you know, he immediately rejects. So in that case, Jesus doesn't seem to consider sinning at all. He knows there's the option, but he rejects it, right? Um, so I think we get closest to what you're ask, actually asking in the Garden of Gethsemane right before Jesus is arrested, tried, and brutally killed. In, in several of the Gospels, Jesus is recorded as praying, and he's in agony, and he's troubled. This is the humanity of Jesus. Remember, he's fully human, fully God. We, we have to keep that in mind. And he's, he's praying to the Father, and he says, My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So as the crucifixion nears, and, and he's been clear this whole time as he's been going through ministry, he knows that he's going to the cross. He knows what is to come. This is not something new that he's wrestling with, but he feels the weight of it, and yet he still submits to the will of his Father. So the question, did he consider disobeying the Father? I don't think that we could say that, at least based from this passage. And we do want to keep in mind Jesus' dual nature, right? He wasn't just half human, half God. He's fully human, fully God. That's what the incarnation is. So in some sense, he restrains his power while on earth, but he doesn't ever take off his godness, right? Like he's still fully God. So in James 1.13, when it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one, you have to apply that to Jesus. Whatever we, whatever we decide about this question, whatever we have to say about Jesus, we have to remember this dual nature, that he's fully God and fully human at the same time. So would Jesus ever really have considered disobeying the Father? Would Jesus ever really have considered something that was outside of what is morally good and right? So that's a long-winded way of saying two things about this question. One, in my opinion, I don't believe Jesus ever considered sin. Uh, not in the sense that we do, at least, that, that I don't think that he was ever eager to do it, or I don't think it was ever really even a viable choice for him. Because 
even for us, like let's imagine that you have a temptation that's, that's a very strong one. But as you grow closer to Christ, that temptation becomes less and less. You know, at first, perhaps you're, you're tempted by it and you have to really resist. You have to pray and pray and pray. Perhaps you have to set up, you know, certain boundaries within that temptation. And, and eventually, you, you, you know, you, you, you can begin taking down the boundaries. But when you're getting closer and closer to God, that temptation becomes less and less appealing. And I believe that we see that a little bit in the wilderness temptations of Jesus. He's presented with different options, but it's almost as if the, the option from the devil is like so absurd that he's not going to do it. So in, in every case, Jesus is presented options of disobeying the Father, but I, I believe that he's not eager to do it, and I don't believe that he really even saw them as, as a viable choice. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm presented with that option. I have, the, I have the complete ability to do that, but that is not what's good. That is not what's best. Um, that is not my desire or my will at all. So I believe that Jesus was in such unity with the Father that the appeals of sin would not have the same effect on him as it sometimes does to us in the, in the sense of he's able to re- repel them um, when, when we're not in communion with the Father, we're, we're weaker, right? So he's, he's always in a position where he is strong enough to resist that temptation. Now, he did have the option to sin, but of course he never did. But second, I just want to say this, he can empathize with our experience. We, we know he felt a range of emotions. We, we know he was presented with choices. You can go back and listen to my podcast on loss and grieving. Jesus felt a, the gamut of emotions. You know, he was, he was angry, but in his anger, he did not sin. You know, and that's, that's another one you can wrestle with. You know, what does that look like? Um, he wept. Uh, he, was, he was obviously uh, in agony. As he's thinking about the cross, and so how do you how do you experience these emotions and not sin? I think I think it's good for us to be able to reckon with the fact that God doesn't always see our emotions as as sinful. That there can be times where we can really wrestle with something, and yet um, be in His will. Uh, but anyway, we we know He was presented with choices. We know He felt sadness and agony. We know that life wasn't easy. So. We do have a Savior who can empathize with our struggle, and yet he never yielded to it. We have a high priest. We have someone who's interceding for us that knows, hey, I was presented with choices as well. I was presented with all these different options, but I can tell you and I can testify to the fact that they are not better. They may seem better in the moment, but they're not. So did Jesus consider sin? Uh, I, I would say no. And I would challenge all of you to look into these things this week. Consider all the options. Uh, if you disagree with me, let's talk about it. You know, it may be a matter of defining language. You know, what does that word consider mean? What do we mean by temptation? What I want us to be, what I want us to do is to strive to be as consistent and biblical with our theology as we can. So really, I do thank you for asking that question. It's amazing. Uh, and I just want to ask you guys, what do you think? How, how would you answer this question? What kind of scriptures would you go to? How would you begin to bend? How would you build this kind of theological um, answer, not where you're just kind of answering it because you want to answer it a certain way, but how would you actually begin to define out this answer for someone else? Um, talk it out with another person, if you would. But anyway, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you know, I wouldn't do this if, if I felt like it wasn't valuable for people. Appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the question. If anybody else has questions, I'd love to begin to take a, take a swing at answering uh, for you. And again, it's not just my opinion. What I'm, what I'm hoping to do is, is bring in a variety of people who would be willing to, to answer questions and think about them with me. 
and ultimately we're in this together, right? So be sure to subscribe if you haven't already so you'll be the first one to know when the next episode drops. Until then, God bless and keep following him. Thanks.